0: September 12th, 2019 Another episode of That's What She Said Podcast You'll all be listening to this on a Thursday Appreciate you tuning in and spending uh, another hour, hour and a half here with us We're going to have a real action-packed episode Lots of football discussion We will break down every game Well, we recapped the Bears-Packers already So you can tune to the, the most recent episode of That's What She Said And hear the recap on that one But we're going to go through all of the games from Sunday From Monday I have watched every play of every game I have the old fancy schmancy NFL game pass where you can Watch the games And watch just every play back to back to back And you don't have to go fast forward through all the commercials And everything People say still say fast forward now Or is it just It's not like you fast forward like your v- VHS Like you used to I guess it's just skip forward maybe Give you some college football, just a couple plays. I don't really love the slate. I didn't nothing real. Not a ton jumped out at me this week. There are two games that I'll be playing, and Kentucky Downs Thursday, and yeah, that that'll be the the bulk of this episode. And then on the next episode in a couple days, we're gonna have some Woodbine horse racing uh, for the weekend. It's Woodbine Mile. We'll preview all of the games for week two. We will do a recap of Ballers A couple of recaps of BH90210 nine hundred two and The final two episodes of the six episode reboot So lots coming up in the next few But don't go anywhere Because we're about to jump right in To the, the horse racing Before we do want to let you know About one of the sponsors Of That's What G Said Podcast And that is cindycarrava.com Cindy Carava is a full-service realtor She works out in the San Gabriel Valley and North San Diego County, Del Mar, Rancho, Santa Fe And even if you're not in the areas where she works If you are curious in finding out about your home, value If you need help getting pre-approved for a loan If you have any questions at all Anything at all, let her know But she will take really good care of you Cindy Carava. Email cindyc.realtor At gmail.com Honestly I've known her for the last decade or so she is one of the nicest, most genuine people. I'm very, very happy to be working with her. And it makes it real easy because I, I know that she will always take great care of you. And you will all come right back at me and say, Gino, thank you for introducing me to Cindy Carava. So website CindyCarrava.com, email cindyc.realtor at gmail.com. Kentucky Downs, Thursday. There are three plays in particular. That uh, I really like on the card and then I'll give you three other races, just kind of horses to include that I, I kind of noticed on the on the pass buyer I, I think will be tough it, the the three that I like the most will go to race number two, Emily's oasis the eight. She debuted going five furlongs on the dirt. Well first of all, let's tell you what the race is. It's a maiden special eight six and a half furlongs on the turf two year old Phillies. She debuted going five furlongs on the dirt And she came out of a very productive race Behind a nice uh, multiple graded stakes Placed Frank's Rocket She wasn't bad that day Then she stretched out and tried the grass Last out and she was pretty good She was a bit eager to go So she was sitting second And then she moved the lead early Instead of just sitting She put away the speed, she opened up a length She held second in a three way photo the 3rd place finisher in that race Portrait came back to win a maiden special 8 Next out. The 7th place finisher Fed Policy came back to win a maiden 30 next out. She's coming out of a Productive race. I think Emily's Oasis Is a good horse to key in on in Some of the early exotics uh, I believe that Finite We'll take some money in here, coming out of the races at Saratoga, trying the grass for the first time, and Emily's Oasis cutting back from the mile to 6.5, should be a little fit, should have a little more bottom on that cutback, and hopefully can sit off just a little bit and have a little more late finish. So Emily's Oasis, the 8 in race number 2 at Kentucky Downs, one of the three best plays. A Horseshoe is not one of the best plays, but I just... In looking at the third race I did think Breeze Lucky Charm Was a standout in there And should be really really tough So if you do play that race I wouldn't necessarily exclude Breeze Lucky Charm When we get to the sixth race We'll have another one of the best plays And we'll go to the ten I'm a little I guess of the three This is the one that I'm I'm just the most concerned with Just because of his of his running style He should be probably come from way out of it On the turn back Turning back from a mile 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 and 16th races He's never been shorter Than a mile, but he's lightly raced And it looks like there's a lot of speed in here Right? I think there's plenty of speed To set things up, and I think there are a lot of horses That are, are maybe Kind of in between going 7 furlongs and, and they might be getting a little bit tired And hierarchy could be flying Now let's hope this racetrack's playing a little differently Than it was over the weekend Because at Kentucky Downs last weekend It was like impossible to pass You had to be right on the front end But the 10 hierarchy Make sure to include in all your exotics If you can get 9-2 to two, Put a win uh, wager on the 10 hierarchy In the 7th race I thought the 3 Saphira Just from like a a price play, include this horse in some of your late exotics if you're playing it I thought she fits here with some of these, the race at Churchill wasn't bad And uh, she was just a little bit overmatched at Belmont earlier in the year The 8th race is actually going to be the best bet of the day I absolutely love Lamuna in here, the number 5 She should be around 7-2 to two or so, so if she gets bet down a bit Don't be surprised because I think she deserves to be a little shorter She was a nice winner on June the 16th She was really impressive She was in the two path throughout Then she angled out five wide, widest of all She took a second or two to get rolling And then she just had a big, big late rally to get up Then she came back on August the 3rd And she was in the yellow ribbon at Del Mar it was just a field of six, and she finished 6 that day. But she did have legitimate trouble. She was last of six on the inside. She moved early up into contention. She was within just a couple lengths, but she was in tight. She lost her momentum. She got shuffled back on the rail, and then against a group that's that's really tough. She, you just couldn't make, you couldn't re rally. It's, it's so hard to re bid when you are in a race where you're you know twenty to one, and you need things to go very well for you. So let's look at who was in that race The winner Bull Recall has won 4 of her last 6 And 2 graded stakes Storm the Hill is a multiple graded stakes winner The 3rd place finisher Basilica Just came back to win the grade 2 John C. Maybe next out has won 15 of 18 And in the 3 that she didn't win She finished 2nd, 3rd, and 4th The 4th place finisher Valedictorian Is a multiple graded stakes winner this year And Elise's World is a multiple graded stakes winner Any one of those would be favored in here Lemuna is coming out of a much Better race than most of these And I think She fits really really well The distance should be no issue. she won going a mile and a quarter A couple starts back A repeat of either of the races At Santa Anita make her Super tough in here And she's going to be a real key to all of the elite Exotics for me And a, a nice win wager if we can get anything over That 7-2 to on Lemuna Best of luck To uh, Zayat Stables With Lamuna And in race number 9 Just throw in or keep an eye on the price Or just keep an eye in general On the number 10 Steubens Who he shows up and he he runs Some big races and I I think This will be a really nice fit for him He had no shot chasing Kingly last time out he's got to be right up Close on the lead going longer I think cutting back if you look at his races going six and a half furlongs down the hill he's able to sit closely and just kind of fall into a really good spot I think he might be able to do that again in here so you know include Steubens and in some of your exotics in the ninth at a little bit of a price so the three best plays race number two the eight Emily's oasis early exotic single three to one uh, if you can get three to one win wager six race number ten hierarchy. Nine to two, uh, let's make a win wager. The eighth race, the number five, Lemuna, best bet of the day, seven to two, let's make a win wager. A couple others to include in the third race. I don't, I just don't exclude Breeze Lucky Charm, who will probably take a lot of money in there. The seventh race, the three, Safira, Include including some of your exotics, and in the ninth race, the ten, Steuben, toss into some of your exotics. Kentucky Downs, always enjoy the uh, the short meet from Kentucky Downs. They're hoping to get a couple more. Racing dates next year, and I mean, let's let's hope they do. Big fields, lower takeout, they do a good job, really good product out there. Tough handicapping, which I like. I want it to be difficult. Okay, so if some of you love to gamble, you love to watch football, you love to play fantasy football or daily fantasy sports, this is where you need to take a, a listen. Right now. Get to thrivefantasy.com Or go download the Thrive Fantasy app And you will see a a new spin on DFS So it is a DFS app for prop bets What, it, what ends up happening Instead of the traditional salary cap format You build your lineup around a list of prop bets so in each contest, you have to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets, and then you pick two in case emergency picks. So out of the 20, there'll be 20 different prop bets, and there'll be prop bets similar to will Tom Brady throw for over or under 250 yards. One of them it will say over 110 points, under 90 points. You pick over or under which you think, and that's how you build your lineup you choose ten of the twenty props. You pick the ones that you think are the most likely to hit, so you can score the most points for you. That makes the most sense. Or maybe you want to go a little safer. You know, maybe you you, do, you take less shots because you are just kind of playing to win a few bucks. Whatever your approach is, I'm always gonna try to win. You know, and I'm always gonna take that approach. So the key is with this app right now. You can get a free $10 bonus when you use the promo code GINO, G-I-N-O. So, go to ThriveFantasy.com or go download the Thrive Fantasy app, sign up, use the promo code GINO. When you deposit $10, you'll get get another $10 bonus. So right off the bat, go right now, use the promo code GINO, deposit $10, you'll end up having $20. And then you can look around and play and try it out, see if you like it. I got involved uh, a couple weeks for the last few weeks. It's more than just football too. There are baseball props in there. There's all sorts of different sports. Uh, there's different contests you can play. Um, you know, big contest or you can play in, in smaller ones. All all different kinds. So check it out. You have that free bonus. Make sure to use the promo code GINO and deposit ten bucks, and then you'll get it back. Let's get into the NFL. Week one recaps. I love that NFL game pass. you can go back and watch every game, every play you can watch the full broadcast if you want or you can do the little condensed version where they put every play together for you in order and uh, oh it's so nice. You skip through all the commercials, all the you know replay garbage over and over and over. So so nice. So just a, a, a note it was just week one of the NFL. A lot of people react a little, little too much to week one. This was week one 2018. Tampa beat the Saints forty eight to forty at New Orleans, and Tampa ended up five and eleven. The Saints ended up thirteen and three. The Panthers beat the Cowboys sixteen to eight. Cowboys ended up ten and six. The Panthers ended up seven and nine. The Bengals beat the Colts 34-24. Bengals ended up 6 and 10, the Colts ended up 10 and 6. And the Jets beat the Lions 48 to 17. The Jets ended up 4 and 12 last year. That was in just week 1. Even in week 2, we saw the Bengals at 6 and 10 beat another playoff team. In the Ravens, 34-23. The Ravens ended up 10 and 6. Tampa, remember how good the start Tampa had last year? They beat the Saints in week 1 And they beat the Eagles in week 2 So the 5-11 and 11, Tampa Bucks Were 2-0 and 0 to start Beating the Saints and the Eagles And then the Jags who had a horrible year Last year, remember they ended up 5-11 and 11, Bad play from Bortles, all the offensive Line injury, Fournette wasn't good Defense Real sloppy like we saw this past week They beat the Pats 31-20 The Jags ended up 5-11, and 11. the Pats Ended up 11-5 and 5. Why do we mention those just so we all don't overreact It was just one week Some teams looked bad Some teams looked really bad Some teams You can make Some judgments I think there's plenty to take from week 1 Just don't have week 1 be your end all be all The early beatdown that we saw Was the Ravens beating the Dolphins 59-10 The first play from scrimmage for the Ravens Was Mark Ingram, a 49 yard run They scored a touchdown on their first drive Miami actually looked okay Their first few plays, then threw an interception On their fourth play Next play for Baltimore, 47 yard Touchdown to Hollywood Brown Marquise Brown, all of a sudden They're up 14 to nothing instantly Next Baltimore drive, it's third and three 83 yard touchdown To Marquise Brown, now it's 21 Nothing, it's 28-0 with 13.49 Left to go in the second quarter Miami drops A punt, Baltimore gets the ball At the 10 It's 35-3 Baltimore fake punts The the Ravens fake punt up 35-3 Just no mercy In the second half, these were the Miami Drives 5 yards punt, 8 yards Punt, 5 yards Interception, 5 yards Punt Look at the Baltimore drives They went 5 minutes and 8 seconds Scored a touchdown 5 minutes and 25 seconds Kicked the field goal 5.30 and, kick and scored a touchdown And then 7.59 just to end the game They just absolutely dominated A Dolphins team that could go 0-16 I, said, I just said don't overreact This team might not win a game uh, They don't really want to win a lot of games They traded a lot of their key players Even before the season In the last few weeks And the early reports are that a lot of these players Have already told their agents And they're asking for trades to get off this team Because they understand this team is not going to win Very many games Their offensive line is horrific They just don't have a whole lot of skill players The wide receivers uh, are are not strong Really the only area where they Have above average NFL talent Is their secondary And their secondary got absolutely torched They had a bad O-line Inconsistent quarterback play They were bad against the run And they were bad against the pass f- From all of their scores in pro football focus But Lamar Jackson For Baltimore 17 for 20, 324 yards And 5 touchdowns Mark Ingram, 14 carries For 170 yards and 2 touchdowns Marquise Brown 4 receptions for 147 yards And 2 touchdowns on 8 routes <laughs> And Mark Andrews 8 receptions, 108 yards And a touchdown So some nice weapons there For Lamar Jackson And the Baltimore Ravens As they destroyed the Dolphins In week 1 Rams and Panthers Played in Carolina And the Rams Beat the Panthers 30-27 to There was an early fumble by Carolina That was punched out by Littleton The Rams recovered but they didn't score and Johnny Hecker, who's an unbelievable punter He had a 7-yard shank punt And Carolina put some pressure on him But then the next time he punted It was a 68-yard drive The Rams were really sloppy early it was They were lucky to be tied at 0 After the first quarter Nobody scored in the first Then a fumble from Carolina And a missed field goal Goff overthrows Woods They settle for a field goal And now it's 3-0 Next drive, two plays in, the Rams recover. A backwards pass. Two plays, 10 yards, touchdown. Boom. Now the Rams are rolling. It was a lot of mistakes, though, for, for Carolina. Like, I, I really thought Carolina outplayed the Rams throughout this game. McCaffrey took a snap, a fake handoff to Cam for a nice touchdown. Malcolm Brown was getting uh, good opportunities for the Rams with 11 carries and 53 yards. He scored two touchdowns. For the Rams getting in the mix there With Gurley a lot of people thought It was going to be Henderson That was going to be the backup or was going to get a little bit more Run than he did just one One carry for Darrell Henderson Whenever Goff needed to make A play he looked to Cup Then he looked to Woods Then he went back to Cup again And they both ended up having pretty solid games Robert Woods with 8 receptions for 70 yards Cooper Cup with 7 receptions For 46 yards and it seemed like At least a couple big First downs to Cup A couple big first downs when they needed to make a play He'd look to Woods Some really nice safety blankets there Brandon Cooks didn't get involved as much As the bulk of the targets Went to Woods and Cup In week 1 It was 23-10 With 2.50 left in the third Rams were up And uh, then a 52-yard field goal From Carolina The Panthers blocked a punt and then a quick Score and now all of a sudden it's 23-20 Next drive Goff interception and that was Big that Carolina could not capitalize It's 23-20 right after the Goff interception Rams come back with a touchdown drive Cam Throws a pick, Rams get the ball Up 30-20 and then Goff Almost throws an interception And then uh, Greg the leg Zierlein misses a field goal from 41 yards So the Rams continue to give Carolina opportunities to get back in the game Cam and Goff They really missed a lot of open targets They struggled But they fed Gurley late It was Gurley who ended up coming up with big runs for them late When Goff needed to make a throw He went to Woods or Cup But when they needed to make a big play They started to feed Gurley late And Gurley ended up with 14 carries for 97 yards in a reception You always have to mention McCaffrey In in every game he plays because he's so impressive 19 carries for 128 yards And 2 touchdowns and then 10 more receptions For 81 yards Carolina who plays on Thursday night We'll do a little preview for them at the very end of this They need to Improve their receiver Their receiving core uh, Other than McCaffrey who else is going to step up For them DJ Moore had a decent game He was targeted 10 times he had 7 receptions then Samuel needs to step up a little bit. He was a, a kind of a buzz fantasy player. They just cannot expect that much from McCaffrey week in and week out. Some games, big games, sure. They're just going to need a little bit more. Can they come up and make a big play? And, you know, Greg Olson, how much are you going to be able to count on him after the injuries? The Jags lost week one to the Chiefs. And unfortunately, the Jags also lost their starting quarterback. They went out and uh, made a trade. Or they went out and signed uh, Nick Foles. On the first drive of the game, it was 3rd and 3. Kansas City was driving and they scored a 68-yard touchdown. Tam- uh, Sammy Watkins' touchdown pass. Missed tackle, miss coverage. And then a Jags 3 and out. Next drive... Kelsey, wide open. Watkins again wide open. And then Mahomes actually misses Kelsey in the end zone. Kansas City's up 10-0. It's 3rd and 18 for the Jags. Foles makes a big play to get a first down. Finds a wide receiver. can kind of Scrambles a little. And then it's 3rd and 8 and Foles drops back and he just throws an awesome touchdown pass in to DJ Shark. Who had 146 yards receiving And it's only 10-7 now And then all of a sudden Foles is done for the game He's injured, he's on IR With a a clavicle Collarbone In comes Gardner Minshew From Washington State And I've seen this guy play In the Pac-12, he could sling it around He was really good when he came in He ended up 22 for 25 With 275 yards, 2 touchdowns And an interception but the defense was really the story The the Jags defense Which is supposed to be their strength Was just beaten Poor tackling Poor coverage again Sammy Watkins, no one within 10 yards of him Kelsey Wide open again, burns Miles Jack It's 17-10 With 8.48 left in the second quarter Miles Jack gets ejected uh, He's trying to come back and fight players He's trying to fight the refs there's people having to restrain Miles Jack, multiple players And coaches Mahomes ends up getting gets his ankle taped up And you could tell he was hurting a bit He wasn't really the same Mahomes moving around He still had the, the accuracy Throwing wise, but he wasn't able to kind of move And, and make some some Of those crazy Mahomes plays Was 20-10 first in goal For uh, Jacksonville, holding now Backed up and they're only able to get a field goal so Now it's 20-13 to It's 3rd and 7 for Kansas City It looks like they get a stop Mahomes throws it away And then the penalty for the Jags And then it offsets the intentional grounding And then it gives them the opportunity to kick a, a field goal It's 23-13 The Jags are driving to open the half Minshew is 13-13 for 13 to start Fournette's running the ball pretty well And then they're At the point where they might be able to kick a field goal and Fournette fumbles the ball It's his first career fumble Jags had 10 penalties for 70 yards They also they had two that negated a, That were a penalty for Kansas City When they had offsetting penalties So two of them were really big Because they would have given the Jags uh, An advantage After a Kansas City penalty In sportsmanlike conduct Defensive holding Mahomes really wasn't asked to do much After uh, that injury Just we still just got all the talented receivers involved. We know that Tyreek Hill is now going to be out for a while, so Sammy Watkins will take uh a you know a good amount of the uh of the targets and a good amount of the attention. McCoy looked good too. LaShawn McCoy, 10 carries, 81 yards and uh, and one reception. Let's see if they incorporate him a little bit more into the offense coming forward and the the Jags, they just undisciplined. Blue coverage lost their starting quarterback. This is one of the games that I bet this week. I like the Jags this year. I still thought they they could go zero and two to start the year and be okay. Um, they're not going to be okay if they continue to to get penalized and just play with with that kind of um, undisciplined, real sloppy, uh, real hot headed Miles Jack and Fournette. Even was you know really up in everyone's face after each play. They need, they need to be a better coached football team. Bills, Jets. Bills 17, Jets 16. To start the game, the Bills moved the ball pretty well on their opening drive. It was 2nd uh, and 10, and then an Allen sack fumble at the Jets 26. 2nd Bills drive. Uh, Low pass off a Bills wide receiver Right into the hands of the Jets defender For a pick 6 They mixed the extra point Jets just had some ugly drives They couldn't get anything going Holding penalties, sacks The Bills kept giving them the ball repeatedly The offensive line for the Jets was not great Darnold was a bit slow with his decision making early on Cole Beasley, wide receiver for the Bills You could tell he was mad after a batted down pass When Josh Allen Missed him when he was wide open. Buffalo fumbled on a fourth and one with three fifty-five left in the half at the Jets' thirty-seven. Another Buffalo turnover. That was four in the first half, and then the Jets miss a forty-yard, forty-five-yard field goal and an extra point in the first half. Le'Veon Bell looked good. Seventeen carries, sixty yards, six receptions, thirty-two yards in the touchdown. Jameson Crowder, 14 receptions for 99 yards, PPR monster. Early in the second half, 11:52 left in the third, the Jets The a safety. They're up 8-0. Then a Le'Veon Bell nine-yard touchdown reception and a two-point conversion reception. Now all of a sudden the Jets are up 16-0 with seven minutes left to go in the third. First play, this is one thing that frustrates coaches, right? And Fans and betters, You get all the momentum Things are going really well for you You're up now 16-0 Against an offense who hasn't done much You've turned them over 4 times Now you just got a safety First play for the Jets Defensive holding Then later on the drive Roughing the passer on a 3rd and 10 Both of those Penalties Huge penalties C.J. Mosley is all over the place making plays for the Jets Until he has to come out of the game because he's injured The Jets also had wide receiver Quincy Nuwa, who was injured That's going to hurt them a little bit He didn't get a ton of looks But, you know, he was someone that Darnold knew from last year Looks like he's pretty comfortable with Crowder though at least Bills kick a field goal, they're down 16-3 to Then Devin Singletary starts to run well And then Josh Allen gets into a rhythm for, he has a rushing touchdown. It's 16 to 10 with with 10:21 left in the game. Now all of a sudden the Jets starting to sweat. Bills drive. They score a touchdown. They take the lead with three minutes left. Allen showed some presence. He made a couple of big runs and throws late in the game. He was awful early in the game, but a big third and one for the Jets. Robbie Anderson wide open, and Darnold missed him, and then again he misses him for a touchdown. So Darnold's got to get a little bit better It blew a 16 to nothing lead That was another game that I backed I mean if you tell me that I have a, a home team That's a 2.5 point favorite They have a 16 nothing lead With 7 minutes to go in the 3rd quarter I'd say we thought we were in great shape Le'Veon Bell though Had 9 missed tackles 3.53 3 yards after contact uh, In rushes And he was hit at the Um, At or behind the line of scrimmage In 11 of his 17 rushes So that's pretty impressive Foles who's on the IR now He's out indefinitely Uh, And before Foles got hurt He was 5 of 8 for 75 yards He had a great touchdown pass Before he got hurt He had a 90.1 grade from pro football focus Before leaving So uh, bummer there In a couple of those uh, games Where Le'Veon played well Jets couldn't win and to lose your starting quarterback there for the Jags Over in the Cowboys-Giants game Dak looked really, really good This was graded out as the best game of Dak Prescott's career And he was 25 for 32 for 405 yards He had 4 touchdowns, no interceptions He had 6 passes that were targeted at least 20 yards And he was 5 of 6 on those Passes for 155 yards and 3 touchdowns The Cowboys play calling on offense was so much better So much less predictable They had play action on 15 dropbacks And Dak was 14 of 15 on those with the perfect passer rating He had an overall grade of 91.2 by pro football focus That was the highest single grade game of his career the defense for the Cowboys looked really good. Heath, DeMarcus Lawrence, they helped to anchor uh, the Cowboys' D. And then how about the receiving core? Michael Gallup was really, uh, again, this was against the Giants, but Michael Gallup was really good. Seven receptions for 158 yards. Amari Cooper had six receptions for 106 yards. Randall Cobb and Witten were in the mix. If Randall Cobb can just be a little bit of a compliment as like a number three, the Giants, a couple. Bright spots, like always, it's uh, Barkley With 11 carries for 120 yards He fumbled on his first touch Where they recovered it It's funny, he didn't fumble the entire Year last year, so we had Barkley And Fournette, who didn't fumble all of last year And they both fumbled This year, in their first game Evan Ingram Gonna get a lot of targets, especially early on Without Golden Tate around He had 11 receptions for 116 yards And a touchdown Cowboys look good. They didn't have to really feed Zeke a whole lot. He had 13 carries for 53 yards, and he had another catch. It, it, was, all, it was a lot about Dak and the uh, the Cowboys defense playing well. They're going to be a good team. I think they're going to be battling right there for the playoffs. I had still, still had them right on the outside looking in, but they do have a real great start to the season with a couple of very winnable games in the next few weeks. Vikings 28, Atlanta, Falcons 12. Oh, this was one of my third of the three losses uh, of uh, the the plays that we had last week. We went two and three in the NFL games. What helped us out a little bit was we had that money line for the Packers right off the bat. But this Vikings Atlanta game, oh, and this is why I like to rewatch games too because you watch a game on Sunday and you're betting on it or you have fantasy players in it and you're kind of watching and maybe not watching. When there's five or six other games going and maybe not paying attention to everything. But wow. Atlanta was really bad. And to be honest, the Vikings defense played really well, but they didn't play that great overall. The Vikes. I think this was more of Atlanta losing this game really early on than it was the Vikes winning. I'll tell you what I mean. First drive, Falcons. Punt blocked They set up the Vikings on Atlanta 21 Three plays later Vikings touchdown You're already down 7-0 Second drive Fourth play on the drive Atlanta Interception Now they're down 14-0 With 8.22 left in the first quarter On the road against a good defense You know how difficult it is To Try to game plan And to try to build a strategy now Or try to establish the run When you're down 14-2 touchdowns On the road to a good defense With 12-22 In the second quarter They're still only down 14-0 They're driving They're at the Minnesota 21 Trying to cut it to 14-7 14-3 Then they fumble Minnesota goes on a long drive 21-0 Now the game's over Honestly the game's over then Falcons O-line is young They started a couple rookies One who got injured They need to get a little better They should get a little better This was a tweet I saw from Peter Bukowski The Falcons outgained the Vikings 345-269 to They ran 18 more plays They committed fewer penalties And they won time of possession The reason why they lost Was because they turned the ball over Three times and they couldn't tackle Dalvin Cook Matt Ryan was really bad when he was pressured he had two avoidable interceptions I say avoidable, I mean It was not as if He had to Throw those interceptions he, very, he was getting pressured And he very easily could have just thrown the ball away And instead of doing that He tried to just make make a bad force And it was just real sloppy It was bad for Matt Ryan Cousins was solid He did what he was asked He only threw the ball 10 times He was 8 for 10 for 98 yards Dalvin Cook ran the ball really well He had 21 carries for 111 yards and 2 touchdowns A couple receptions for 9 yards And then Alexander Madison is a really good handcuff So in fantasy, if Alexander Madison is out there somewhere on your waiver wires Or if you're someone who has Dalvin Cook Go pick up Alexander Madison Because if for some reason Dalvin Cook gets hurt again Like he has in the past few years Madison should get a lot of run there In what looks like a a well-balanced offense And Minnesota's not going to be a bad team They're going to be an above-average team You want... Backs who were going to be in good offenses, who were going to get good opportunities. So give a look to, to Madison. Eagles 32, Redskins 27. Man, this was a game where a lot of people who play in survivor pools had a lot of Eagle shares. They were one of the bigger favorites of the week. And people were getting real nervous for a while because it was 17 to nothing at one point. Early on, Vernon Davis just a little out to the flats For a first down, he broke some tackles And and Philly dropped an, an interception Down 7 nothing. Washington kicks a field goal Now they're up 10 nothing. quickly Philly went for 4th and 2 on the Washington 29 They didn't get it, two plays later 69-yard touchdown pass from Keenan Allen to Terry McLaren Keenan Allen, from Case Keenum to Terry McLaren So two plays after Going forward on 4th and 2, getting stopped By Washington Washington ends up 69 yard touchdown pass Case Keenum To Terry McLaren, now they're up 17-0 The Eagles do Strike back Deshaun Jackson A 51 yard touchdown pass And now it's 17-7 Wentz, he missed a couple early in the first half He was not sharp Uh, Not at all He did start to improve quite a bit After a 48 yard Washington Field goal to end the half It's 20-7 to Then you look at the second half and how the drives Went for the Eagles Touchdown to Jeffrey Touchdown to Deshaun Jackson 53 yards after the 51 yard one earlier Another touchdown to Jeffrey Field goal, end of the game They were excellent And very efficient on offense In the second half Keenum Missed McLaren for a touchdown With 5 minutes left in the 3rd They had to punt And Washington had just 28 yards Rushing overall And it was just a A very unbalanced Offense for the Redskins Darren Sproles Gets into the game And and makes some big plays down the stretch For the Eagles Sproles had 9 carries For 47 yards Titans-Browns game was one where you look at the score of 43-13. And the Titans crushed the Browns, right? The Browns had 18 penalties. 18 penalties for 182 yards. Three turnovers, five sacks, six first downs that resulted, six penalties that resulted in first downs for Tennessee. And they were one for 10 from third down. They scored a touchdown on their first drive, and then they missed the extra point. And after that drive, punt, 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 safety, end of half, punt. It, even with all of that, it's 15 to 13 with 210 left in the third quarter. Henry takes a 75 yard touchdown pass, and then Cleveland throws two interceptions, and the game's over. And Baker in the 4th quarter was really bad He was actually pretty good early on He almost had a touch uh, An interception actually on his first pass of the game Mariota missed a lot of throws too He was 14 for 24 He had 248 yards and 3 touchdowns And he got lucky because one of them was a 75 yard screen pass That Henry just took Rookie wide receiver A.J. Brown looked good 3 receptions for 100 yards, a 51 yard long And Delaney Walker had 5 receptions for 55 yards and 2 touchdowns Derrick Henry, 19 carries, 84 yards And a touchdown, and he had that reception 75 yard Reception, receiving TD Seattle, 21 Cincy, 20, this was another game That was a big uh, Survivor Pool for many And Seattle is down And they were struggling For a while, Cincy was Playing really, really well Tyler Boyd had a nice catch uh, A couple of near interceptions For Seattle early on Seattle had a roughing, uh, running into the kicker penalty That gave Cincinnati a field goal early So it was 3-0 Since he fumbled a punt return then S- Seattle uh, offensive line They were really struggling early on Russell Wilson was sacked There was no time to throw uh, you, Chris Carson you could tell was a real focal point For Seattle he had 15 carries for 46 yards and a touchdown But 6 receptions for 35 yards and a touchdown I love the the play calling And the offense from first year coach Zach Taylor for Cincinnati Really seemed to Help them move the ball well They were getting the ball out quickly Into different wide receivers hands Metcalf for Seattle was a focal point He had a nice P.I. call in the end zone They score a Chris Carson TD at 7-3 Seattle Quick answer Flea Flicker touchdown pass to John Ross Who had a great, great game 7 receptions, 158 yards He drew a couple penalties He had 12 targets Dropped a couple This is a real silly Unnecessary roughness uh, penalty On Kirkpatrick from Cincinnati It was going to be 3rd and 3 on the Seattle 30 And then the next play 42 yard pass, Seattle touchdown 52 seconds left in the half On their own 25 The Bengals then go on a touchdown drive 55 yard touchdown pass to John Ross After dropping one wide open Right before that Now it's 17-14, good half for Cincy They are keying in on Boyd And on Ross Chris Carson fumbled to start the second half Cincy has it second and nine At the Seattle 12 Dalton fumbles, the ball slips out of his hand Uh, Mixon gets banged up He has an ankle injury The Bengals miss a 45-yard field goal With 7.43 left Then they get stopped on a uh, fourth and one At the Seattle 36 It's like... Seattle got outplayed in this game big time. Big time. Trey Flowers with a PI, illegal contact on one drive. Bengals kick a field goal. They're down 21-20. Bengals, they get not that it was gonna matter, not that they were gonna win, but they did get screwed at the end of the game. There was an incomplete pass that got called as a fumble. Look at the the team stats The Bengals had 22 first downs Seattle had 12 The Bengals had 70 total plays Seattle had 49 Cincinnati had 429 total yards Seattle had 233 The only problem was Cincinnati only ran for But I, I, I'm Impressed With Cincinnati out of this game I'm not going to say they're going to win the division or anything But they're definitely going to be a little bit better than I thought Defensively was where I was really impressed with them And I think the new coach They they moved the ball really well But overall When you can run for a total of 34 yards You're Going to be in a little trouble Chargers Colts Now this was Another game where uh, you look at and I was Really impressed with the Colts out of this game I thought they played really really well They made a lot of mistakes and had every Opportunity to get really beat up in this game uh, Both defenses made some plays On the first couple drives the Chargers started to get Eckler involved then there was an Unnecessary roughless, uh, roughness On the field goal that the Chargers Would have been up 3 nothing. instead it gives Chargers The ball back and a touchdown Colts mistake right there The Colts strike back with a touchdown to Hilton then Vinatieri misses the extra point Another mistake Rivers to Keenan Allen for a touchdown 14-6 The Chargers We're up 14-6 with 5.30 left in the half And the Chargers block a punt They kick a field goal Now they're up 17-6 Colts miss a field goal to end the half A 46-yard field goal So they missed an extra point and a field goal in the first half And a big offsides penalty on the Colts 3rd and 8 The Chargers end up getting it to 3rd and 3 And they score a touchdown 2 plays later Now it's 24-9 to nine. Colts come right back though 2 plays, 12 yard pass And then a 63 yard touchdown run from Marlon Mack Who looked really good in this game 25 carries for 174 yards And then a touchdown It's 24-16 with 740 left in the game Justin Jackson ran well For the Chargers also He just didn't get the touchdowns like Eckler did The Chargers muff a punt They give the Colts the ball on the 27 Vinatieri misses a 29-yard field goal First time in his career He's missed two field goals and an extra point In the same game Chargers drive They get intercepted in the end zone It was an awesome one-handed pick by Hooker From uh, Indianapolis Indy goes on a long drive T.Y. Hilton makes a great play For uh, To score a touchdown, they get the two-point conversion And they tie the game But in overtime It's a steady dose of of some Austin Eckler And the Chargers End up winning that game in overtime But just like in this In the Bengals-Seahawks game I come out of that game very impressed With the Colts The way they move the ball They just had a couple really big Big plays that went The opposite way from that for them And I'll be be keeping an eye on the Colts all throughout the year As a a team to play Brissett was fine, he was 21 for 27 for 190 yards Hilton looked really good in the game Marlon Mack ran really, really well Plenty of positives in the Colts side Even after that loss Let's go 49ers Tampa I... It's 49ers 31, Tampa 17 This was a game that I didn't get to watch a whole ton of as much on Sunday And I uh, was pretty excited on the re-watch Just to kind of sit down and really dissect it On the first drive, Tampa 3 and out, punt blocked 49ers, 1st and 10 at the Tampa 33 They ended up kicking a field goal They're looking for Kittle a lot early He ended up with 8 receptions, 54 yards He actually had a couple touchdowns that were called back The Bucks were up 7-3 to three. After a pick 6 So we already had a pump blocked That helped set up a field goal And then a pick 6 San Francisco gets the ball It's 4th and 1 on the 41 yard line A defensive holding for Tampa Automatic first down It's 3rd and 3 Pass interference on Tampa Another first down Just mistake, mistake, mistake for Tampa So now San Francisco's up 7-6 The next Tampa drive, interception Then San Francisco fumbles just one touchdown in the first half And it was defensive There was a big 3rd and 8 for San Francisco On the first drive of the second half, they get it Then in 3rd and 10 Tampa, pass interference <laughs> San Francisco Ends up scoring, touchdown pass Now they're up 13-7 Jameis, on the next drive He fumbles to snap And then the next play, he throws a pick 6 It's 20-14 with 11 minutes left To go in the game uh, San Francisco's up the Bucks get it on the San Francisco 41-yard line With 8 minutes left Ronald Jones starting to run the ball well He's looking good He had more yards in this game than he had in all of last year Tampa field goal It's 20-17 with 4.47 left Jimmy, three, Jimmy G overthrows San Francisco has to settle for a field goal It's 23-17 And then Jameis just throws the most awful pick 6 He ended up 20-for-36 with a touchdown, 3 interceptions, 194 yards He was horrendous Jimmy G did not look very good either He was 18 for 27 for 166 yards Touchdown, interception He missed a lot of receivers Some of the injuries in the backfield now For the 49ers uh, Mosert might be someone to take a look at Mostert, uh Raheem to take a look at He had 9 carries for 40 yards Burrito when he's healthy, he's, he's very good uh, Coleman's going to be out for a while now So that backfield that looked like they were loaded You know With McKinnon who's now out Coleman's now out And Breida was banged up I will say the defense from the 49ers though They looked looked very good Two pick six returns A Tampa had a pick six return For their defense Uh, Bright spot Ronald Jones for Tampa 13 carries 75 yards A reception for 18 yards In the Detroit-Arizona game We had a tie Yes, folks, week one, we had a tie TJ Hawkinson, the big bright spot for Detroit Six receptions, 131 yards, and a touchdown And I saw statistic That was the best first game for a rookie tight end ever <laughs> Ever And how about this other one? This was from Justin Woodruff, a uh, Roto Underworld Since 1970, 12 rookies have had 12 rookies have had 100 receptions uh, 100 receiving yards in week 1 and There were 4 on Sunday Since 1970 there's only been 12 rookies That have had 100 receptions in week 1 And then f- and 4 of them just happened on Sunday Amendola 7 receptions 104 yards and a touchdown Kyler Murray looked really bad early on He had a horrible interception from his own end zone Matt Stafford fumble, Just sloppy early on The Lions started to open it up in the second quarter 47 yard touchdown pass to Amendola it's 17-0 Detroit with a minute 40 left to go in the half They muff a punt at the 8 yard line and They stop Arizona from the 1 yard line They force a field goal at 17-3 at the half After the half, here are the Detroit Drives 3 plays, 3 yards 3 plays, 5 yards 10 plays, 82 yards 3 plays, 7 yards 4 plays, 12 yards 8 plays, 32 yards It's not creative Matt Stafford and Kenny Galladay were not on the same page And Stafford looked really frustrated at one point I don't even know Watching this game how Arizona got back into it Murray missed a wide open Christian Kirk It was 17-6 with 4.38 left to go In the third Long drive for Detroit Now they're up 24-6 This has got to be the game over right Cardinals kick a field goal It's 24-9 6.50 left Arizona's driving, they cross midfield Murray with a great touchdown pass David Johnson, now it's 24-16 Stafford, Galladay, not happy with each other Cardinals block a punt Then they score a touchdown And the two point conversion And they go to overtime And these teams tie 27-27 It was an ugly football game And uh, I don't think much of either of those teams But I I think you have to be really disappointed If you're Detroit and Matt Patricia How you let that game slip away Just brutal Brutal The night games Are the games I assume that most people watch So I probably won't really dissect Every play as much in in some of them But we saw the Patch just beat down the Steelers 33-3 On Sunday night and it was really spread around from the Pats They got everybody involved A uh, little Dorsett, Edelman little Gordon uh, You got Burkhead White, Sony Michelle didn't really run That well, but they really Spread the ball around And the Patriots secondary, their linebackers Were great in coverage, they didn't really give up A lot of big plays, they contested everything That defense is one of the better defenses That the Pats have had in recent years Which is very scary Big Ben looked horrible And slow, he was just 2 of 12 On passes targeted over 10 yards Down the field, before the last two Real garbage drives where they were just Preventing and, and didn't care It was an absolute beatdown uh, The Pats were up 20-0 at halftime Pittsburgh had 32 yards rushing total They kicked a field goal Down 20-0 to With just over 10 minutes left in the third quarter At the New England 1 Why not go for it on 4th and 1 It's 4th and goal on From the one, you're down 20 to three 20 to nothing. You you need to get a seven here. Instead, you kick a field goal. Even if you miss, they're gonna have to go 99 yards. That was just that was bad. That was bad. And then the two Monday night games. What an amazing game between the Saints and the Texans. Saints 30, Texans 28. The Texans played really, really great. Deshaun Watson did not deserve to lose that game. It was a slow start early. Breeze threw a really bad interception early on. Uh, The Texans ended up getting out in front 14 3. But then in the second half, Saints touchdown, Saints touchdown, Saints touchdown. All of a sudden, the game's 24 21 and they're up after three consecutive touchdown drives. You get a couple punts from Houston, a New Orleans field goal. Now it's 27 21. Looks like the game is slipping away. Watson comes down. Takes the lead, it's 28-27 And then New Orleans drives down and kicks a game winning field goal It was the first time in Monday Night Football history Where there were multiple lead changes in the final minute of the 4th quarter Awesome game, DeAndre Hopkins looked great Two teams that did not deserve to lose Camara as one would expect was incredible, they fed him the ball Latavius Murray looked like a very Solid backup Michael Thomas in the mix Ted Ginn looked great like always This was a, a Very good football game You had a couple New Orleans receivers go for over 100 Kamara had 72 yards Receiving and 97 yards on the ground Hopkins, Fuller Kenny Stills made some plays Duke Johnson made some plays Carlos Hyde ran the ball well He played really well in this game and then the Raiders 24-16 win over Denver And the Raiders like Ranked by DVOA Played one of the best football games of the week They were really solid Throughout They were pumped up to come out on Monday Night Football Tyrell Williams 6 receptions for 105 yards Darren Waller had 7 receptions for 70 yards They were 10 for 14 on 3rd downs Carr was very very efficient Overall Kind of let Denver into the game late But Oakland The Raiders in that second Monday night football game Were very impressive And we'll see if they can continue that moving forward Because they were projected to be one of the worst teams in the league And they were a three point dog on Monday night at home I think they'll be at least competitive uh, Throughout a lot of the year Now Carr, he was 22 for 26 Jacobs ran the ball really well The uh, unfortunate News for Oakland was the Rookie uh, Really good Defensive player, Jonathan Abram Who we saw on hard knocks And he's funny and he's real Brash and and he hits hard And he's going to be, looks like, done for the season That's what's such a bummer coming out of Week 1 when you get some of these injuries Where um, so many players Are Are done for the season Or we see them out and have to be put on IR After working so hard Just to get ready for week 1 Here's your game recaps Let's give you a little preview of the Thursday night football game It's going to be the Bucks at the Panthers Carolina is a a 6.5 point favorite The over-under this game is 49 I really don't love this game From a playing standpoint I would lean Carolina I think they're going to win the game Both of these teams are 0-1 Bucks lost 31-17 to San Fran The Panthers lost 30-27 to the Rams This is the McCoy Gerald McCoy revenge game He was cut by the Bucks In May, now playing against them The Panthers Though, they only had 3 explosive passes In week 1, it was the second lowest Of any team in the week They really need to get more Depth down the field from their wide receivers Jameis had the League worst pro football Focus passing grade It's going to be a short week That's why I'll take the home team But this is not a game I bet This is a game I'm just going to kind of watch And it's probably going to be one of those ugly Thursday night games I would lean under But I would prefer 49 It's already started to move down I would have preferred it more at 50, 50 and a half Where it it was even earlier So I think people are are Playing this game down And uh, that's the side I would lean to But I would not play this game heavily At all couple college football thoughts to close out this episode of that's what G said in week two with the college football players went 20 and1 with the gambles the best bets Clemson was one of the big games for uh, around the country they beat Texas a and that wasn't a game that I played let's see so the three games we played last week we we did Texas only at plus seven uh, which ended up the push and the uh Colorado at home Against Nebraska, that big comeback win Plus 4, and then North Carolina um, They were also another home dog That won, so those were our plays from last week LSU beat Texas 45-38 There's no real big games Like that this week There were a couple last week uh, Michigan survived Army in overtime Double overtime, 24-21 Auburn, Florida, Utah, Penn State, Wisconsin, Oregon, UCF, all one big. Michigan State, Iowa, Washington State, all one big. Maryland scored 79 and 63 points in week one and week two. This is the first time in school history they've scored at least 63 back to back powerhouse Terps. Cal beat Washington 20 to 19. This game was delayed because of thunder and lightning, delayed almost three hours. It ended at 122 AM. Cal kicked a game winning field goal with 8 seconds left USC Keaton Slovis 28 20, 28 for 33 Passing 377 yards 3 touchdowns Helped leading USC to a 45 To 20 win over Stanford They were down 17-3 in the second Quarter And they shut Stanford out in the second half They hit hard More importantly than the offense moving well I love what I saw from their defense I love how the defense was hitting They looked quick They looked speedy on the edges And then offensively They got their skill players involved 377 yards passing 11.4 yards per pass 115 yards rushing 4.1 yards per carry You get Malapai You get Carr You get Vaughn You get uh, St. Brown You you got to get The skill players involved For the Trojans And when they do that They can play with any team in the country And their coaching has been What's been holding them back Maybe with this offense that's a little more Simple that just gets it out To some of these really talented wide receivers And, and helps them move the ball that way Then maybe that could be Keith Pittman didn't even mention For uh for USC So yeah Their top 5 or 6 Real skill players Their backs And then their their top 3 Wide receivers Are so talented Big week coming up though For SC With a little bit of a A trap game They play at BYU USC is a 4 point favorite I could, They could lose that That game scares me a little bit Couple plays coming up For week 3 Just 2 The first one is Kentucky Yeah, I know they lost their starting quarterback They have a backup playing But this new QB actually did start Last year at Troy He has some experience And this is a play against Florida This is up to 8.5 If you can see it at 9 some places Kentucky plus 8.5 plus 9 Florida is just overrated to start I did not like what I saw from them Either week I think they have a lot of holes I do not think they're a top 10 team And I think Kentucky has an opportunity To stay with them here And keep this game you know, within single digits So if we can get the the 9 would be great We see it at 8.5 most places Let's take Kentucky at home And then Houston, plus the 9 They're playing Washington State A couple of really good stats One from Bill Fisher at uh, Armadillo Sports Houston is 11-1-1 against the spread As an underdog 3-0 at home And I was talking to Chad Cooper, our buddy 16-3 in their last 19 games Against the spread As an underdog 16-3 and And they've won 10 of those games Straight up Two plays, Kentucky Plus the, let's try to get a 9 Houston plus the 9 Those are the two college football plays Of the week Appreciate you hanging out with us this week folks Uh, We'll be back in just a couple days We're going to have some Saturday horse racing, all the Sunday NFL games, we'll talk some fantasy We'll throw in a Thrive Fantasy lineup We're going to recap Ballers We're going to recap BH90210 nine hundred two A couple episodes And we're going to have uh, a little baseball What the playoff picture Looks like, an action-packed episode Coming up, make sure to subscribe right now Head on over to iTunes, leave a nice 5-star rating and review, YouTube Hit the subscribe button on there, SoundCloud Google Podcast Tune in, uh, Breaker all over the place. That's what G said. Thanks, folks. Have a good couple days. Talk to you soon.